Hello, and welcome to PW's LitCast, a podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors of all genres. I'm Emma Wenner, the Religion News Editor at Publishers Weekly, and today I'm speaking with Sarah Barry, the co-author of Tap Code, the epic survival tale of a Vietnam POW and the secret code that changed everything. The book is being published by Zondervan, the sponsor of today's podcast. Hello, Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hello, thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about the book and the true story of Carlisle Smith, known as Smitty Harris, who is a former prisoner of war held captive in Vietnam? Oh, I would love to. First, let me say this has been one of the greatest privileges of my life to help him tell his amazing story. It is so inspiring, Uh, such a story of perseverance and love. It's a love story uh, between he and his wife. And um, we actually live in the same uh, small city in Mississippi. And I have actually known his family for years. His daughter is a good friend of mine, but I had not known uh, Smitty and Louise And his daughter came and asked me if I would be willing to help him write his story and to tell his story. And I at first was hesitant because I thought that I was not equipped to do so. I was uh, probably, I I was not even born when he was shot down and I was in kindergarten when he came home. And, uh, but the Lord was very gracious to give us all what we needed to be able to write this amazing story, and we're so thrilled to tell it. Wow. Um, and so to talk a little bit more about how you first got involved, his daughter approached you, and, and what what drew you to the project the most? Well, I have written other books and curriculum projects and things like that. And as a writer, of course, I was drawn to this book uh, because it's such an amazing story. Um, But as I said, I was hesitant at first. And so I promised that I would pray about it. And and Smitty's daughter, Robin, and I prayed that day. Uh, And when that evening I picked up my Bible, uh, that is the one-year Bible, and it had an assigned reading for that very day. Day And the sign reading was Jeremiah 30. Uh, And this is my paraphrase, but it says, write it in a book, how the Lord delivered his people from the captor's hand. And I was blown away. And uh, at that point, I just prayed, I will do my best, Lord, but you're going to have to help me. And that began our journey of me meeting about a year and a half with Smitty and Louise at their beautiful home and just listening listening to them tell their story and, and writing notes. And then we would go, I'd go back and write a chapter and then bring it to them and we would go over it together. So it was a, definitely a joint project and it was a, a, a thrilling time. Uh, his, his story is amazing. He was one of the first... POWs to be shot down. I believe he was number six, but I'd have to go back and check that. But I believe he was the sixth uh, uh, POW. And that was a time when the North Vietnamese were scrambling to, to house these new prisoners that were coming in. And at first he was uh, in solitary confinement. Uh, and then for one week, they put him together in a room with with a, uh, uh, just a small handful, four or five of his, of his um fellow um, Air Force men and friends, and during that week, he remembered 
that years before he had been at um, a class in escape evasion school. And during that time, a sergeant was the professor and the sergeant had mentioned to him about a code, a tap code that had been used by a couple of, of prisoners in World War II where they tapped on the water pipe. And Smitty was uh, quite interested and curious, and he stayed behind and asked the, the sergeant, how did you handle the dashes? Because he thought it was Morse code. The sergeant said, oh, I'm sorry, I should have explained more. This is not Morse code. If you've got time, I will tell you. So he had one-on-one -on -one instruction, took him to the chalkboard, and he wrote it out, had one-on-one -on -one instruction about this tab code and this was not being taught it was it was just very few people knew this but he had one-on-one -on -one instruction on this so when he was shot down and was in with this group of other POWs he remembered that time and that instruction years before and he taught that to those other um, POWs and they made a pact that this would be what they would um, teach to everybody that they could and the the extent that they went to even teach it when when, when they were all in in isolation it was amazing and the risks that they took to teach tap code uh, but it became you can read just about any POW Vietnam story and everybody mentions the tap code uh, because that was such a lifeline for them and this is Smitty is the one who brought that and it was Smitty's just kind of a general interest in it, and it, and it ended up serving him so well. And it, it brings me to my next question perfectly. Why do you think communication and connection was and is really so important to soldiers then and so much so that it, it probably even saved their lives? It did uh, definitely save their lives. Um, it was so important for so many reasons. And the first is obvious, morale, the camaraderie to be able to have the strength to endure, endure the torture and the isolation that they en endured. It was, it was excruciating physical torture. It was mental torture. It was emotional torture and isolation. And this was a lifeline to other people that was so vital. But even more important than that, it was a way that the POWs could be organized, even though they were isolated. Um, they would, through tapping, they would be able to establish who was the um, senior ranking officer. And they were able to act as soldiers, um, even in those circumstances. And directives would be passed from cell to cell through tap code. They would have church services. Um, through tap code, um, Smitty describes that, you know, when he would come back to the cell after having endured terrible physical torture and within, within moments of being thrown back into the cell and hearing that lock turning again and, and then the, the captor walking off, you would start hearing tap, tap, tap. And, uh, and, and, it most often started with this series of taps that would be GBU, God bless you. And GBU became so powerful in their lives when they, they would hear that tapping of GBU. Um, 
they they would have strength. They would have comfort. They would have uh, knowledge that they were being prayed for and that they were not alone. And so it was it, it was definitely just what the Lord used for um, for comfort and for communication and for information, and it made all the difference. Wow. And um, how has this story had an impact on the way that you communicate and the way that you connect with people around you? Has it, has it had any impact on, on the way you go about interacting with people now? Oh, absolutely. It is life-changing. And I, I, I believe with my whole heart that everybody who reads this story will have uh, just a, even if a small bit of just a life-changing perspective. Um, I'll give you an example. In the middle of writing this, I broke my leg and sprained the other leg and was laid up for two months and I could feel sorry for myself. Uh, I could have, um, uh, I have, I could have regretted that. Uh, but I knew I was writing this book, and I could not complain. And instead, I just used that opportunity, and that is when I finished the book. Was during that time um, because it, it, it is all about our perspective uh, of how we view trials of our lives and. Um, and another example that I had is during that time, my son was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And, of course, as a mother, I was just devastated for him and knowing the life changes that that brings. Um, and that very day that we found out, Smitty and Louise had had, had found out from their daughter, uh, Robin, what was going on. And I get a text message, and uh, it told, told me that they were thinking of us and praying for us, and they ended the note with GBU. And I felt myself just a, a smidgen of what those prisoners must have felt when they got those letters tapped on the walls because it gave me strength and it made me feel like it's going to be okay. And so it was just a profound moment for me to see even those letters because I had done enough research and written enough of the book that I knew what those, what those letters meant. There are moments of humor in the book, even though some of the content is harrowing and frightening and there are many moments of pure terror. Um, but Smitty is able to make jokes even about the language used by his captors. And I wanted to ask you what your take is on moments of humor like that and what do they say about Smitty's character and his ability to survive? Well, I think it says a lot about Smitty and his personality and who he is. And I think it's, it's a great message for all of us. A joyful heart is good medicine, you know, and um, I, I just believe that um, that helped keep him sane. Uh, and uh, they would even through tap code, tap code, tap code every joke that they could think of. There were uh, there were light moments, even when he when he came back and you would have expected him to be a different person in the very first phone call. Uh, Louise was able to know that he was still the same Smitty that she had last seen eight years prior. And so uh, a part of that is, is having a good sense of humor. I think that that just served him well. And um, even as far as reading a book, I think it was um, 
were very uh, wonderful places uh, where that part of the story surfaced because you would be reading about such heavy content of uh, such hard things to to read about, and then you would. Then you read next uh, about a joke between uh, he and, and a cellmate or um, things like that that I think help the reader as they read through the book. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. And is there anything else you'd like to, to tell readers or, or anything else you'd want them to take away from this story? I guess I think that what they would take away is I think they will learn a lot about history maybe even things that they did not know um, about the Vietnam War, about that that um, era uh, in our nation's history. I think that they will be encouraged. I think that they will laugh. I think that they will cry. I think that they will be inspired. And I think that it's a story that just had to be told. And one thing about the process of writing it and how this all came about that was just so beautiful. The day that I finished writing it and I still had two casts on my legs and I got my husband to load up the wheelchair and me and go over to their house and and be able to hand deliver their story, their love story. And what I did not know, it was it was fairly late at night. I wasn't sure they were still awake, but they had just gotten home from a dinner out because it was their anniversary. And so on their anniversary, I was able to hand deliver their love story. And then fast forward months later, the day that we got the contract from Zondervan, it was Smitty's 90th birthday. And I was able to print that out and wrap it up in a bow and go crash their family birthday party and hand deliver the news that his story, after all these decades, is finally going to be told. And it's just such a joyful Thing to be a part of. And I, I, I'm thrilled that Zondervan uh, saw the beauty in this and that they are excited about it and they've been wonderful to work with. It's just been an amazing journey. And I'm just, I'm so honored and privileged to be a part of it. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us. And thank you to the audience for listening. Uh, please join us again soon for the next LitCast.